Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast, Secrets to the Saddle, All Things Cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dow. Now, before we get started, I have a couple freebies for you. And before you go, um, before you go check them out, go and follow me on Instagram for more cycling tips. Okay, so that's Sylvie Dow underscore cyclist. Um, and I'll see you there. So my free downloads, there are three of them. The first one is my nine favorite hill climbing skills download. So there's nine in there. Go try them out. Next time you do hill repeats, do them with purpose. And that is what's going to give you the performance improvement. If you go out and you have something very specific to work on. The next thing is my gear bin checklist. Now, if you're one of those people who kind of is like all over the place, maybe you show up late because you can't find this, you can't find that. Get this list check out the bike bin or bike bag that I use. Um, a lot of my club members have purchased it just to get organized. And what we do is we just keep it in our car with all of our stuff in it. So literally all I have to do is take that with me, put it in my trunk, my shoes, my helmet, my gloves, my food, my, uh, you know, my chamois butter, my sunscreen, everything's in there. So I never have to go looking for anything. And the last thing is, is my bike maintenance uh, recording. So it's an hour, but this hour is going to give you so much information about how to use the tools that you need to be carrying with you on a daily when you're going out riding, how to use them, how to take your back wheel off, how to change a tire, how to patch a tube, how to uh, repair a broken chain, um, and all sorts of other things in between. So Go to askcoachsylvie.com to download all your free um, uh, documents and that recording. And I'd love to know your feedback on them. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram for more amazing tips. Take care and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right. Thank you, everybody, for coming back for another amazing episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling with your host, Sylvie Dow. And we have the amazing Jay Lamoureux. He is sitting in Milton right now. He is part of the Canadian uh, Pursuit team that is heading to Tokyo. So we're, I'm so glad that he, um, has agreed to do this being so close. And I can just imagine that, uh, things are heating up with regards to travel and everything. So before we bring Jay out, I am just going to go into a little bit of his bio and then we're going to get right into, I have a whole list of things that we are going to be asking Jay and he might take a bite of, of his sandwich while I introduce him because he just finished his ride and 
it is kind of almost lunchtime. So chow down one more time there, Jay. Well, I, <laughs> I give him a little bit of a bio um, of his background. So Jay is a key contributor to the Canadian rise of the men's team pursuit. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, a career highlight came in 2019, which is, I think that was like everybody's last hurrah at racing um, at the UCI track world championships where the team exceeded expectations by racing for a bronze medal against the Danish squad and finishing fourth overall. Super cool. But in 2015, if we backtrack, uh, Jay was diagnosed with severe patella femoral syndrome. And we're going to maybe just touch a little bit on that and how he came back from that, because that can be seriously um, debilitating, where he was actually said that, you know, um, the condition affected his knee so much that he might not be able to make a comeback. Um, and, but Jay's going to talk about that because the year after he came back and won the silver medal at Pan Am championships. So way to go. And we'll have to hear all about that. And then 17, he stood at his first world cup podium as a team pursuit won silver in Milton. So that's when everybody was back for home stretch. And then we have 2018, where he competed in track, road and track cycling in the Commonwealth on the Golden Coast of Australia. Gosh, lots of travel. I love these. <laughs> but Jay's, um, we're just going to talk a little bit about interest, which we are going to dive into as well. Um, what? You were going to be a marine biologist? I missed that one. With Parks Canada, he also enjoys cooking, fly fishing, hiking, camping, and kayaking, and playing Minesweeper. <laughs> Does that keep you up late at night? Not, no, not at all. No. <laughs> Welcome, Jay, to the podcast. We're so excited to have you. Thank you, Sylvie. All right. So I always love to get started by asking everyone how they got into cycling. So Jay, how did you, how did cycling come into your life? Um, well, it kind of came into my life two times. Uh, the first time uh, I was quite young. Uh, I'd always kind of, uh, I watched the Tour de France. I had friends who cycled and I kind of wanted to give it a shot. My dad was into mountain biking. So uh, I think I was probably, you know, 10, 12 years old. And um, I would go uh, bike touring with my father. Um, we'd oh. pack up our bikes, go camp for the weekend, ride home. Um, and then I did a little bit of like recreational cycling on the side as well with some friends, um, uh, like a small club team. And it kind of, uh, I guess I had other hobbies, other passions, and I kind of lost focus on it for a little bit. Um, but then it, it really came back to me uh, in high school. Um, I had been a, a distance runner for my whole life. And um, I like cross country. Yeah, cross country. Um, okay. And I, I was kind of searching for something more. I don't know, like running's not always the most social activity. And uh, I had a one of my best boring. 
maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I won't. I won't start any, anything too heated here. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I'll back uh, it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I had. I fell into a really good community in Victoria. Um, there was some racing through my high school, uh, some cycling, and um, yeah, I kind of just blossomed from there. And I started racing more and being more into the competitive side. And it's kind of led me to here. I've just, uh, you know, been passionate about it and supported by a really amazing cycling community in Victoria. I mean, like they, they have this uh, new initiative, Cycling Canada and the, the 94 project. So it's really cool that they're finally like uh, recognizing that Victoria's got a really good uh, place to foster talent. So I'm pretty excited about that. And yeah, I came out of that. So it's pretty cool. Oh, cause you know what? more I talked to a lot of Canadian cyclists is that's where they went to train yeah it was in Victoria yeah so it seems like a huge and I have friends who live in Victoria as well it seems like a huge mecca for cycling not unlike like mountain biking but are the funds you're talking about is that the can fund uh, I'm talking I'm talking about the 94 Commonwealth Games fund oh um, okay so I don't know if you heard but Cycling Canada just they just launched a, or in partnership with um, the 94 Commonwealth Games Fund. Um, there's a big um, new kind of infrastructure. I'm, I'm guessing it'll be uh, coaching support for athletes going out there. And it's not just cycling, it's going to be triathlon and athletics as well. And it might, it might involve like um, a new facility or just support. I'm not 100% sure exactly what it's going to be, but there's going to be a lot of funding put into Victoria and um, the athletics community. So that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people go there and live and train. Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. We have, uh, I mean, most, most uh, summer athletes go there to train during the wintertime. So yeah. Most, most Northern Canadian athletes, right? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> or like Quebec and Ontario and Precisely. flock there, or go to Arizona. <laughs> like, yeah, especially okay. in the pandemic too. I mean, you, when you couldn't go across the border, we had everyone there. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you forced you to stay in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So in your teenage years, you got into cycling. Now, how did you get into like making like where are the steps of like did you race with uh, a junior team that led you to a pro team that got you to camp? like what were those steps that found you that got because it was like you done victoria and then you landed here like yeah. well <laughs> what were the steps that uh happened for you um so let's think um <laughs> I mean, triple shot cycling was more or less my first my first racing team. It's just a local club team in Victoria. Okay. And um, I Are ended still up, around? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, I ended up racing uh, kind of across the country. I, I did my first nationals with them. I placed third at U23 Road Nationals, which was a really big okay. stepping stone for me. Um, it definitely got me noticed by a lot of teams. And um, mm. I had I had some pro offers. Um, and I ended up racing closer to home with uh, Trek for a couple of years. Um, and then after that, I uh, joined the national team. And at the, at the time, the national team and Race Clean 
um, were affiliated. So like we had, um, it was a, it's a national trade team, but we raced in Europe. So I was with them for two oh. years. Um, and it, at the, at the time it was required to be on race clean, to be on the national team. Um, okay. Yeah, it was, um, it was just I was part of the structure of Siphon Canada at the time. At um, that time. Yeah. Okay. Not, it's not like that anymore. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, so uh, I had to be on race clean and, uh, race in Europe, uh, for a few projects. Um, okay. yeah, I, I, I never had the opportunity to really, um, I had to, yes, yeah. I had to more or less choose between professional road cycling and, and track cycling, the Olympic oh. at that time. So I went cool. with uh, the Olympics, which was always kind of my, my, my goal. <laughs> so as part of being, as being part of that team, was track part of that or was it all specifically road? Like, how did you get into track or did you do both or? Uh, um, well, I had already, I'd, I'd always ridden track uh, from an early okay. age like on, on triple shot, like I said before. Um, oh, okay, okay. And uh, I'd always gone to like track nationals and stuff like that um, and been- Is that where you placed? Uh, well, I was, I did well on the road as well early in okay. my career, but then I, yeah, I came to track national did quite well in like the individual pursuit and stuff like that. So that's how mm -hmm. I got noticed as well for the national team and then on race clean as well. Yeah. It's all those little steps, eh? Cause yeah, like, it's just yeah. about being noticed at nationals. It does seem to be a, a big help for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you go to nationals, uh either with a team or can you, you can go individually can you not yeah you can i mean uh it's more expensive. as an independent of course yeah and then place well and then get noticed yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah so then that that led you to getting on to the track team that was night so when so then you so then how did you so that was before 2015. Yes. Yeah. Because then you had the issue. Yeah, I had an injury. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Was that I mean, early in your early in your career from overuse or? Yeah, it was an overuse injury. Um, not you know, like uh, the 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 saying that I like to to use is that I was um, I had forgotten that I to be a good athlete. Uh, I was being a good cyclist, but not just, but not a good athlete. Right. So I kind of forgot some of the fundamentals about, you know, like making sure that I'm strong going into the season and like having, you know, like setting up my bike properly and stuff like that, that I've learned immensely from since. Um, so. so you want to talk a little bit about that for everybody else. Who's probably wondering like, what are you talking about? Like being a good athlete. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of cyclists out there that they love the sport. They love the culture. They love to go rip with their buddies on the weekend and socialize. But I mean, you are, you know, you are putting your body through, you know, the ringer sometimes and you have to work with your body. You have to, you know, help it out, give it a helping hand sometimes. And, you know, doing 
you know, some stretching or proper nutrition, <laughs> you know, having a look at your position on the bike, um, mm -hmm. being strong going into the season, you know, doing some like core and strength work and stuff like that, I think are pretty important for being a, a good athlete. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about that. And then if you don't, your body will definitely give you a little signal that mm. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so how did that come about? Did it just sort of like, how did you figure that out? How did I figure out like, that I was, that I was injured or how did I figure out that? Yeah. Like, did it, did it just happen over time or did you, did it like, how did it stop you? Let's just talk probably, a little bit about that. Yeah. It, I mean, it was probably the most unopportune time I could have had it. It was at my, very first, <laughs> it, it always is. <laughs> yeah. My very first like national team road camp. Um, this was right before, um, the London worlds in 2015. Um, and I was at camp. I, I rode, I might've done a week of the camp in, in, in California with the, with the guys. And mm. yeah, after a few days, I was like riding by myself. My coach was like, okay, well, you know, like your knees, your knees sore. So try to like ride some flats, you know, keep the cadence high and stuff like that. And yeah. my body was having absolutely none of it. It was just, it flared up. And as soon as like, yeah, my, my knee was kind of flared up. It just mm. as like any inflammation goes, it just gets worse and worse until you give it rest or you get the inflammation down. Right. Now, was it because like you talked about your setup, was it because of your cleat position was because you're like, do you know what? Um, I would, I would say that, um, like I had never, I had never been, um, like strength focused before the season. I definitely did like some core and a bit of lifting and stuff like that. But as soon as you get into the national team, um, and especially like the team pursued squad, it's, it's a big, big shift in like what is demanded from your body. And right. I was just demanding a bit too much that, and my body wasn't really prepared for it. So, uh, it's a, it's so now story. you preach, it's a story Go of ahead. as well. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's and the older, the older you get, the more you appreciate that you have to do that to, because <laughs> like, yeah. So I, that's, well, that's a lot of what I focus on and, and preach now. It's like nutrition, strength training, along with all your fabulous cycling rides and, and stuff like that and Definitely. rest and yeah. So, so how did you, so you went in and you started rehabilitating yourself and you're like, uh, this is not going to put me out. Um, I'm going to make a comeback. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Like I, like I was saying, um, I was flown home from the national team camp oh. probably like halfway <laughs> through, just go home, go rest. Oh. <laughs> um, I had like quite a bit of physio. I literally had my knees taped up for like probably a month and I would just hobble around like my <sighs> it was it was so bad that I probably couldn't bend my knee much more than like 30 or 40 degrees so oh, I mean wow. if like I would go for a walk and I have to stop probably halfway through like a short walk just to sit down and have a rest which was um I mean going from that from you know first my first national team camp to that was very disheartening so 
it was um it was definitely a low point for sure (laughs) (laughs) I bet but a little bit of a mindset shift just to not allow yourself to drop into the depths and and make a comeback like yeah well yeah at that point I had just I had just changed coaches uh from my previous coach to my national team coach and my my previous coach was uh he worked with the Canadian Sports Institute in Victoria Feisty and he was like okay well let's get you in to Feisty let's get you an SNC coach let's get you some good physio let's get you a program and mm-hmm. he was the one that really like believed in me like thought that you know I was going to I had something to prove and that you know I was going to go somewhere and um he really like he was kind of the the olive branch or whatever and um set me up with like a really good program and yeah got me to the gym lifting um oh, yeah. like uh yeah a lot of like preventative strength strengthening um and just like also motion for uh a joint is like definitely um helping it like i mean it's a healing motion for sure um Mm -hmm. as long as you're not overdoing it so i was like on the zero g treadmill and stuff like that doing a little bit of running and i mean like it was kind of just baby steps at the beginning um Mm -hmm. like come in work out do a like 20 minute run i don't know something like that and then we just built on there every day for like three or four months until i was back on the bike um and oh my gosh four months something like that four or five months I probably took like maybe a month off month or two off um just like taking like ibuprofen and and um like strong Volterra and stuff like that try to get the inflammation down and then Whoa. after that it was just like build back up and that uh, obviously we got new built back up to something pretty good so yeah it must have felt hard to really go back to the beginning like the basics yeah. you know like you just want to like go and you're like no I have to allow this process to yeah to take place definitely uh, yeah another thing I learned um through that I'm sorry yeah, all these mantras and stuff like that no no go ahead I, I, because kind of, this is what people need to hear because yeah too many people like overdo it and just set um, them yeah I, set themselves uh, back. the other mantra or cliche is um uh patience through distraction so I'm like I'm not always the most patient person but I can definitely distract myself with other things and um I find a lot of joy and you know, not being overly focused on the moment or, you know, what's going wrong or whatever like that. So I definitely like leaned heavily on some of my other hobbies. Um, Mm. And um, like, of course, friends and family and stuff like that. But yeah, um, it's nice to not have to focus on something that you're failing at and instead <laughs> focus on something that you're you're good at or you're succeeding at in the moment and yeah. just allow your like not like not that you're not going to still put the hard work in mm-hmm. but just not always be like mentally and you know cued in on what you're doing wrong or what you should be doing it's just like that's immense stress on yourself 
wanted just right. to take a break and just focus on something else and let the process happen by itself. Yeah. yeah. Is that where the fly fishing came in? I mean, I've been always, I've been always fly fishing my whole life, and it was just a. But you got to uh, do a little bit more. Just had to, yeah, I got to do a little bit more <laughs> to focus on yeah that and uh, definitely gave me um yeah a nice break from just like the I'm failing at cycling right now so. Uh, well, you know, I'm sure you might you might have felt that way, but jumping into things that like you said that you're you're good at you enjoy. And yeah. allow the process to be the process because yeah. it's yeah. some you know like it's, it's something you can't force exactly and, and um and make go fast you know what i mean yeah. but and well I, I hope everybody got a piece of that because that is super important um more people are way stressed out about being set back and i'm just like wow this is the best thing ever i get to do something you know, maybe I just embrace a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but so, but that set you up for, for where you are, because imagine if you had pushed through and, and, you know, not taken the time to get better, then you would have just been re-injured, re, you know, just in a, this vicious cycle. And, um, and it's good that you, you know, you made that realization, you change coaches and things like that. Yeah. So let's move on to last year. You had the pandemic. You're all like excited about going to Tokyo. And so how did that affect you? You're like, there's another thing, you know, like, oh my God, we got another year to like focus. Yeah. How was that? How did that affect you? Because it affected a lot of athletes differently. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, like it was frustrating. It was, yeah. uh, there's just so many emotions that I was feeling, um, you know, you worked such a long time and all of a sudden, like Team Canada has pulled out, like at, at the moment um, when the games were still going on and we decided to boycott them, there was like, a lot of frustration um like why did we have to be the first one and like now i look back on it and i'm like yeah that was a it was a great like um like great leadership thing for canada to do and that like mm -hmm. it was the right thing but in the moment i was pretty frustrated with like why would why would we be the first ones like yeah know, i just i just didn't understand um <laughs> But you know, as it as it kind of progressed, and other people, other people pulled out, and the seriousness of like the whole uh, pandemic yeah. kind of unraveled and showed itself. Then it was like, okay, well, yeah, this was the right thing to do, and I'm glad that you know we we called it off for the year and stuff like that. Um, still, like you know, I had uh, demanded a lot of my body over the last over that year, and mm -hmm. you know, asking myself to do that again is. Um, it's definitely a big a big ask for sure it's it's not really fair to my my body that's for sure when you're um, yeah sent so, and into the red that many times and then yeah. do that again i guess like oh my god yeah I, that's that's what i can't even imagine be like oh my god i've got to do all of that all over so how do you how does a coach wind you down 
to then build you up again. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, that, that have- must have been like a serious calculations. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. working with different athletes and. Yeah. I think, I think at the heart of that is communication with mm-hmm. your coach. And, um, I had a good communication with, with my coach, Jono, and we kind of, we chatted on the phone and we were like, okay, well, I mean, we don't, we don't really have to be going well for a while. So just have a chill, like, you know, take the time that you need to, you know, find your why and, um, go, you know, have a good time and enjoy life for a bit. And then we'll come back to it and be refreshed and ready to, you know, go again. So I took the time and I went out there and explored and had a good time and, you know, kind of. Okay. What'd you do? Because did he say like, okay, you know, we'll just pretend like you finished the, this year's Olympics. Now you always have that downtime, you know, go. And then in December, we're going to get back at it. Or did he give you like a time frame? And you're like, okay, you've got like four months to. There wasn't really a time frame at the beginning. Um, yeah, a lot of uncertainty for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think it was like, it was probably mm, April or May. Yeah. yeah. Um, that they cut. Yeah, they canceled the games, and then mm-hmm. we had our first camp back. I want to say it was like yeah, June. I think it was last year. Um, but in like the interim there, it was just like touch and go like we'd have a skype meeting every now and then just to kind of go over some of the the rough details of what was going on and what mm-hmm. we thought and what the coc was saying what like in canada was saying and what the like provincial regulations were you know so um it was yeah it was definitely like touch and go um and most of that time was just um for me at least uh, it was kind of just up to up to what I wanted to do, and I know mm-hmm. there are some other guys in, in the TP squad that having some structure was very important for them, and yeah. they still had training like some regiment in their life, and um, yeah, it just really goes to show like how individual everyone is with their, you know, their happiness or their content, and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I just needed to be you know liberated, and some guys needed to be, you know. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I just like woohoo, let's go. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> to go have a couple beers and you know enjoy the, yeah, enjoy really. the sunset. <laughs> Pizza beer. Yeah. So what are the couple things that you embraced in that time? Like it's kind of cool because that you're like, oh gosh, you know, and as back to your hobbies, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. what do you love doing outside of cycling? Exactly. And it's good that you have them because a lot of people don't like they just they're all encompassed in one thing um and uh not much else yeah so what'd you do yeah what'd um, you do to pass the time well we have a family farm up island in in on vancouver island Um, so we have like some cattle we have some sheep a few horses and um as anyone knows that that owns a farm there's always something to do on the farm oh yeah um so (laughs) i I ended up living up there for, I don't know, at least a couple months and just, you know, the daily chore and kind of thing, you know, there's a fence mm-hmm. to go, 
be fixed. You know, they got to put the animals in the other, another paddock or I don't know, there was, you know, there's a plethora of things to do. So that kept me busy <laughs> and pretty happy. Um, yeah. I was quite content to do all that stuff. Had it been a long time since you've been there? Like spent? Yeah, I spent quite a bit of time there. Yeah, it had been quite a while. Um, so it was nice to be there. Nice to be kind of away from the, the hustle and bustle of like uh, mm -hmm. city and also just like the traveling lifestyle. Just to be grounded yeah. for a little bit. That was a big help for sure. Oh yeah, just re uh, recharge. Yeah, God, it's nice to have that option to be able to hang out in the country. Yeah, I'm very lucky for sure. Yeah, I grew up on a farm. I know exactly what you mean. It's just like, ooh. especially being away and and being you know, because like basically you had to be in one spot and not move. So we're better to be, right? Definitely. So you mentioned you did some bike touring. Yeah. A first time ever, a little solo trip. What was that like? Yeah, I hadn't. I Get hadn't, your legs back. I hadn't really uh, done too much solo, solo uh, bike packing. I've done some solo hiking before, uh, but this was the. Uh, it was um, definitely kind of into the wild for me. Um, I, yeah, I rode from Victoria all the way to Calgary on um, the the Great Trail or the Trans Canada <gasps> Trail. Oh, cool! So a lot of this is like very remote um i probably like a lot of it i do see signs where it was like don't do this by yourself like um you should have like a buddy or at least like i i would always have like um tell people like where i'm riding from and to and i had my my dad's um gps tracker or a or a gps locator beacon or whatever so if i really right, got right. into a sticky, sticky situation um i would have been okay um but yeah, there was, uh, there was definitely some times where, you know, you're at least 20, 30 kilometers from like any sort of road or any back road or anything like that. And, you know, you're seeing grizzly bear poop and stuff like that all over the trail. And you're just thinking, <laughs> wow, I'm really out there. I really hope something's not going to happen. <laughs> well, I not, didn't bring something really well scented, like, you know, uh, I don't know, like bologna or something. <laughs> You know that the bear can smell like oh yeah. here he comes again there's another type <laughs> go on the trail that's for sure <laughs> well that's super cool because so now like you got back at it um and obviously you've been probably for the last since january six months i would imagine you've been back in just getting back into focus for Tokyo and because it's like super close oh my gosh it's like the Tour de France Tokyo like everything's kind of like all very exciting this year because there's you know nothing happening last year everybody was like stuck in their yeah. patios or <laughs> basements riding but so tell us about like kind of what you've been up to with the team now that things have definitely been open and you can get back to, I imagine you've been back, they brought you back to Milton like a couple months ago to train. Uh, so we, like I said before, we had these, we have these short camps now. It's, um, yeah, yeah. We, we kind of had the opportunity to go back to the drawing board um, mm -hmm. and try something a bit new because we qualified. Oh. Uh, we qualified eighth out of the eight teams um mm -hmm. 
So we had nothing to lose and we wanted to try something new, some like a, a more mo of a modern approach to team pursuiting. Okay. Um, so we're trying, yeah, What's we're trying. That? Can you uh, share? I don't know if I can share. Well, this won't be aired <laughs> well during the Olympics. <laughs> Well, I mean, I can, I can kind of just give like a, a brief summary of like, we, so a different camps, strategy. Yeah. These short camps are very intense. We come here to do mm -hmm. strength and anaerobic and neuromuscular conditioning. Okay. And we just pack as much as possible into two and a half weeks. We have like one rest day over the two and a half weeks. We just go mm -hmm. as hard as we possibly can. And then we have like a, a couple days on either side to recover and mm -hmm. we all fly back to our hometowns to do aerobic conditioning, um, whether that be uh, just general aerobic or um, like time trial specific stuff on the TT bikes mm -hmm. um, or like a bit of like uh, 30, 30s, stuff like that, uh, yeah. a bit more like anaerobic. Um, but that's been the, the model for the last uh, like a year and a half or so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. As, so they're going to uh, see how that works. Well, I mean, it's already working very well. Uh, Is it? Okay. <laughs> I imagine they would have changed yeah. it up if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. No, we've, um, we've already set another uh, Canadian record on um, Milton. So we're, we're pretty pleased with uh, how the training's going. And I think that um, we'll actually be fairly competitive at Tokyo. So we're all pretty excited. Fairly. Very. Well, I mean, immensely I think that like the gold gold is kind of gone um, in terms of like uh, there were teams that were already like light years ahead. Uh, okay. At the last world, like say like the Danes, like setting um, the world record, like down to 44, um, 344 for the 4K is like, I mean, they took six seconds off the world record. I mean, like, how, how is that even possible? Wow. Especially that speed. I mean, you know, like taking, it, it seemed like someone would take like maybe half a second off of the world record every year or so until that mm -hmm. world. And then people were taking multiple seconds off the world record and you're just like, how is this possible? Um, so I, I, I don't think that like uh, we have a shot at the um, at gold. Never say never. I, Jay, never I say think, never. I do think a medal is still possible. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I like to have realistic expectations. <laughs> you never know what might happen on the Definitely. track. You never know. There, I think I think Tokyo will be a mixed mixed bag of results for sure. Yeah, it's kind of it'll be kind of interesting for sure to see how everybody has dealt with the last year. I yeah. think yeah. as athletes, um, as though I think you know just watching tokyo will be quite uh i'm not gonna say entertaining but uh interesting to see <laughs> where everybody falls right yep. like absolutely so wow so i all right well how excited are you <laughs> i'm i'm definitely i'm pretty excited um are you starting to get the the butterflies and stuff i'm trying to keep myself calm i mean that's <laughs> a bit too long to to build into the games if i'm excited already so I need to just like yeah, try to keep myself under wraps for a little bit longer. Um, but I definitely feel, there. I feel motivated by the proximity to the games now. I'm definitely trying, uh, you know, giving that 110% and um, waking up every morning and being like, wow, like a 
another day off the calendar I can't wait you know stuff like that so yeah exciting. yeah yeah it's like I just got to make it there my bike has to make it there and yeah. <laughs> you know the important parts oh there you go now That's I can better. see you I was I god was... I should have asked about that a while ago you've been kind of like in the shadow yeah yeah well I first <laughs> I guess the sun was out and then it got cloudy here yeah well oh my gosh so before we finish like now I don't know if you've you've thought this 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 far um some have some haven't but is this your second run at the games no the first the first time I had just got on the team and we didn't really have a a shot um we hadn't really been a team pursuit team for long enough to be in the running for the qualifying because like qualifying is over two years right for team pursuit um so you have to be i mean you have to have have been established team for quite a while to be good enough to start qualifying two years away from the games it's not like some sports that have like a trials you know a month out and you're going so Right. It's more of a marathon process. Um, so the first time we didn't really have a shot. Um, I remember Remy Pelichewa. I don't know if you know him. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, he had a shot going for the Omnium, um, but he didn't end up going because of an injury, called a really poorly timed collarbone break, um, which was yeah, I know that was awful. I felt so bad for the man. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, this is this is the first time we really have had a shot at going for quite some time. I think it was um, I think it was the mid seventies was the last time that Canada sent a men's team pursuit squad to the. Oh my gosh! Really? Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Wow! But it's it's also about having all four of you like literally on the same level of fitness. Yeah. To make it all work, yeah. you know. Um, I don't know I've done a team time trial and I'm just like, wow, Jesus, <laughs> you know, like you just, yeah, uh, there's a lot of things in play for sure. Oh, now, yeah. have you thought about after the Olympics? Like yeah. I know worlds comes up, but I'm not talking about competition. I'm talking about your, you know, your, the next steps, yeah, like continue retire uh career school marine biology i don't know <laughs> yeah of course um uh, i'm planning to go back to school um for the spring semester um okay. uh 2022 20, or whatever so um mm-hmm. that's my next step i'm going to take the fall off um to just you know have a break and relax and stuff like that yeah then, are you gonna you know so you're not gonna do worlds you're not gonna continue on to like you're just like that's good for me um i i'm like i'm i'm definitely feeling quite burnt out at the moment but i'm not gonna rule it out like um i i do i definitely enjoy i I still enjoy cycling um Mm -hmm. certain i mean like certain aspects a bit more than others um but like uh arianne's planning to carry on till commonwealth games and you know i might carry on for sure um but yeah i don't want to really rule anything out just yet i want to like i want to do real life things i think that's pretty important for um you know for like um my development as a person and Mm -hmm. i 
certainly feel like uh, I want to have a career the next time that I, or at least after the next games, um, I want to have like a proper career and, you know, start chugging away at, you know, uh, the real life stuff. So uh, I think that's yeah. for, for me at least. Well, with marine biology, you can join um, uh, Mike Woods with his pursuit for, you know, um, oh, yeah. clean environment and, Definitely. you know, yeah, I mean, being land, the, water. Being from the West Coast, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of what we grow up, you know, you're always so connected to nature and stuff like that. Yeah. You got it. You kind of start realizing, wow, like, well, we have to preserve some of this for our kids and our grandkids and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it's important for yeah. me. So maybe we should have you and Ariane on here after the, <laughs> the Olympics. I know everything kind of stems like decisions stem on like the results, right? Like if you guys do like stupendous, yeah. I bet you, you'll probably go to the next one. Yeah. I'm guessing. Um, and, uh, and, and then in January, take your, when is Commonwealth? Is Commonwealth November uh, or is that next year? Because Worlds is November? I think Commonwealth is next summer. Oh, so it's another year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. So many things, but I'm excited to, to hear that you're going back to school because I think, I think education is super important. Yeah. And marine biology, all that's fun. Did you start it? Um, I've, I've done a couple courses at college so far um, and a couple online uh, over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah. I, I, I took the last year off to um, focus on cycling and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, a, yeah, I'm, a, I'm actually quite excited to, to get back, especially if uh, they let people go back into the classroom. That's how I learn best at least. So yeah, I'm totally with you. Yeah. This is, it's nice to have it online and because you're traveling and training, but definitely it's way better being in class with the prof and, and learning. Mm -hmm. Wow. I am super excited to be, oh, it's, it's just, you know, it's exciting to talk to you guys and, um, and just hear about, you know, your trials and tribulations and, and, you know, you're looking forward to the Olympics and, and what's happening afterwards. And I really appreciate you for jumping on and yeah. uh, chatting with me. It's been really, really cool. I wish I could, I could continue on, but I know, <laughs> I know you're hungry and, <laughs> and I think that we've, we've got, we've covered a lot and um, I would love to bring you back for, um, you know, a follow-up after the Olympics. Yeah. Like, in September when you've cooled off. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome. So I want to thank you, Jay, again, and our listeners for tuning in for this episode. And don't forget to follow both of us on Instagram, especially Jay with all, and he's on Twitter. And I see Lamaru uh, cycling. So are you getting into coaching? One last question. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. So if you're looking to have, find a cycling coach, go talk to Jay. He can hook you up. Um, yeah. So follow us both on Instagram. Make sure that you um, put up a review and ratings and okay. 
One last thing, Jay, I have to ask. For anyone young, um, or maybe you talk to the injured individuals who are cycling, what are the last little bit of advice you can give to someone listening with regards to your experience and moving forward? I gotta say, just just make it fun. Just enjoy, enjoy the ride, and um, like the performance will come from that. I love it. So true. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Again, have an amazing day, and we'll see you back on the next episode. Thanks. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.